Welcome to Geek Therapy. On this episode, we cover three comic books, two video games, and a couple very personal stories. A quick apology and warning, we had technical difficulties and one of our microphones didn't work the way it's supposed to, so we both sound very different this week. I hope it's not so bad that you can't listen to the episode. I think it's worth it. So you, you've been saying for weeks that you had a test, and once you passed it, then you would start making entries. You took the test. Have you made any entries? I just got back from my test, like, <laughs> two hours ago. So no, I have not made any entries. I just played some No Man's Sky to chill out after the adrenaline rush. <laughs> yeah, so... so... I haven't done much um, in the past week either. I I have two kidney stones, one on each side oh. of my body. I had surgery last Friday, so it's not been a good uh, week for me. But I too have <laughs> have been playing No Man's Sky to kind of relax. And I don't know. We talked a little about it last week, but but like, has it like did you did you purposefully play to just relax was it is it that type of game for you do you really like it it's pretty relaxing i like it um i have to be in a different kind of mood than when i play other games uh because it is very lonely (laughs) um (laughs) but no i i got into this groove and i'm on an awesome planet where I can just sit there and mine for money and never go anywhere else, which is going to be sad because (laughs) the point of the game is exploration and I'm looking forward to that. But I'm like, okay, just one more mountain of gold. Just one more. (laughs) Oh, wait, there's another one. Okay, just one more. Uh, No, wait, another one. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, I don't know. That that is one of the things I'm enjoying about it. The the fact that it is a huge sandbox, and I can choose what I want to do. So if if I'm on a mission to, for example, I was on a mission for a while to just um, upgrade my exosuit, just have more inventory slots, and I did that for a while. Uh-huh. And then I was like, you know, I want to do something else. Now I want to, you know, do this other thing. I want to get some money. I want to follow this path and. I don't know. I, I like that the sandbox is big enough that I can to kind of just decide what I want to do. See, and I'm a yeah. very indecisive person, so. For, <laughs> oh, you need a, a a waypoint. You need. I need something a timer. to tell me what to do, <laughs> and right now I'm still at a part of the game where it's like it's telling me what I should be doing, but I'm ignoring it to do other things. So that's helpful. Um, gotcha. If I ever get bored, I know what to do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm very indecisive, and I'm I I need some guidance. Um, I'm also a lot of times I want to say I'm a completionist when it comes to games, and I want to get everything, get all the stuff, and mark off every side mission and all those things. And this game is not for anyone who wants to do that at all. Uh, sort of. Well, I mean, I mean you can't things. explore every planet in the game. Not gonna happen. <laughs> true, true. But but to be fair, it doesn't allow you to keep track of that either. No. So it's not like it says you have seen point zero zero one percent of all planets. Right, right. Yeah. If it did that, it would drive um, me nuts. 
Yeah, yeah. But there are things like you can max out your inventory slots on your exosuit, which is one of the things I've been trying to do. Yeah. And I'm surprised by how <sighs> that that hasn't happened yet because at first I thought it was just 24 and then I got to 36 and it's like, oh, nope, not, not, it's bigger. <laughs> I think it's 48. Uh, it's huge. Shoot. I'm just trying to save up money for a ship and then I can yes. worry about the, the rest of the exosuit. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can pick and choose. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I'm loving it so far. And I've told you, I want to have a, a broader conversation about that. But really, that's that's the thing that I've played the most this yeah. week. But I did I did make a few entries this week, and I did actually I see know, some, I saw. some cool things. I was, I was impressed. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, I, I told you, I, I, I threw a whole bunch of things onto... A Trello, um, our, our Trello, the Geek Therapy Trello. And these are things that I've been wanting to make entries for for a really long time, but there's still a lot of those. Um, one of them, actually, I, I put down the Runaways, and I, I actually I don't remember if I've actually made the entry, but I just heard today that they're going to make a TV series of the Runaways. I didn't hear that. Oh, yes. It's uh, apparently going to go straight to Hulu, Ooh. but it's still part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know I've I've talked about it before, but the Runaways is a comic book series by Brian K. Vaughan, uh, who who writes awesome stuff. He who writes awesome <laughs> stuff. Writes awesome stuff. Yeah, and the the premise is that this group of kids discovers that their parents are all supervillains, and they're teenagers. They retaliate and. By retaliating to a bunch of supervillains, they become superheroes, and it's it's very very cool. I like it a lot, and it, it's it's actually very very popular, um, or it was anyway when it came out like ten years ago. So I'm I'm very excited that it uh, well, it's, that it's getting it's uh, been a TV redone. Um, Noel Stevenson just did a short arc on it. Um, uh, well, it's been continued, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, like the name Runaways, the original team isn't there anymore, right. but there are some of the characters. They still exist within the Marvel universe. Um, they've joined different. Uh, they've been part of, I think, Avengers Academy, and they've they've been in different places. And again, it's been a long time, so they the the characters are pretty established. But it's it's cool. One of them is a girl with a pet dinosaur. It's a very cool. How, how uh, can our series? <laughs> how can you go wrong with a girl with a pet dinosaur? Like, yeah, yeah. I want to pay <laughs> Yeah. So so that'll be coming up. But um, the two entries that I did do were for two games. One is called Papo and Yo, or Papo y Yo, um, which is a game about a... So when the game starts, you are... You're seeing a cinematic of sorts of a boy running into a closet, and he's running away from a man who's yelling at him. And while you're in the closet, you look around and you see that there's like a portal inside the closet. And then you go through it and you're transported to this magical world, um, like a a whimsical version of Brazil, uh, specifically areas with favelas, which are like these um, shacks kind of that are like stacked one on top of each other. And the way the game plays out is that essentially what you're playing through is this kid escaping his father, who is an alcoholic. And in the game, you meet a monster, and this monster is really nice, and he helps you, but every now and then, he finds these frogs, and when he eats the frog, he gets very angry, and he goes kind of berserk. And there's even a scene later on in the game where things start flashing, and then you see the frogs turn into um, beer bottles, 
So no. just in case you didn't get the metaphor right, <laughs> earlier. Right. Yeah. And throughout the game, he uh, the boy actually starts remembering um, this event, which is this accident that the father had, which is kind of where he pinpoints um, his father starting to drink. I think um, the way it works out is that the, the father accidentally ran over somebody with his car. And after that, he he became... You know, he started drinking and and became abusive. So, and and the game is just incredible. And and at the end of the game, you I think you meet a shaman and you kind of like get this advice. And and as a character, you realize that mm-hmm. like sometimes you can't help monster, which is your father. And the last segment of the game is you kind of helping put him to sleep, and then you put him like on this bed that floats away. And it's the way I've always interpreted it is how like him accepting that this is this is how his father is, and he he may not be the best person to help him, so he kind of has to let him go. Um, it's 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 really. Uh, it sounds super powerful. We've talked about it before a long time ago, and I have not yet played it. It's amazing. It's an amazing game. Because my PlayStation Three is locked away in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's on Steam too. Yeah. But it is on PS3. You're right. And um I th- I think it, the game's a lot of fun. It's a little clunky, but I think it's a lot of fun. So I made an entry for that and then I made an entry for another game called The Unfinished Swan. Which I do which, have. I do have and I still have not played. It's on PS4. Yeah. It's on PS3. Uh I think it's a Sony exclusive. And um I kind of rewatched some of the cinematics from the show. I mean, from the game and the game starts off with the death of your mother and you being sent to an orphanage. And then you are given the choice. This is in the story. You don't actually have a choice, but the boy is given a choice. He can only take one possession out of everything that, that um, was his mother's. And he chooses one painting that his mother did, but never finished. Mm. There was a painting of a swan, an unfinished swan. And so throughout the game, you're playing through kind of in the middle of the night, the the swan that comes to life and gets out of the painting and you follow it. And I think this game is also up to interpretation. But the way I always saw it was that because it's it's a first person painter, right? <laughs> you're throwing paint the um throughout the game and when you start the game it's it's kind of jarring cuz you start and everything is white you don't see anything and if you just start pressing buttons you'll realize that one of the buttons throws paint and the paint falls on something and then you realize that you're in a world that has no color and you're coloring it so that you can move through it and i always saw it as you kind of finishing you coming to terms with your mother's passing by kind of finishing her work and it goes a little beyond that but but the the premise is is you know that is loss is acceptance is um, dealing with it um, dealing with that death. Yeah. So again, I've, I've always thought it was a really powerful game, and and right up front, it has those um, very relatable issues. Yeah. So I'm glad I finally made the entry for that one. Well, and the the finishing of the the mother's work is an important. I think relatable experience too. We talked last week about <clears throat> with um, we talked about Suicide Squad, the fact that I lost my mom when I was younger, um, and she had done when I was little. She'd started a cross stitch for me for a pillow, and she never finished it. And my sister and I finished it together, um, and that was really powerful. So 
having someone play that game and see the experience of finishing something that someone they lost started is <laughs> definitely a good message to have. For me, it's not for everybody, but for me it was kind of cathartic. And I have the pillow um, in my apartment now. Like, I don't know, it was finished maybe like 10 years ago. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, you've never told right, me this, exactly, this story before. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh shit, I just brought up the game. Like I just talked about it, you know, cause sometimes you have a client and you know exactly what they're dealing with and you kind of try to, you don't want to be so on the nose. You don't want, you know, you kind of right, you kind of go talk around, your way around it, it to it, it directly yeah. there. They shut down. Yeah. Or especially something like, but uh, let's assume, right, that you were my client when when your mom passed away, and and I'm like, hey, play this game because it's just like the cross stitch that your mom had. No, you know, like, that wouldn't don't work. do that. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you say that, but like if you say, hey, maybe this game might, yeah, I don't know, maybe you should try this game and let's yeah, see exactly. how you feel, and then afterwards, yeah. and then we can, can talk, talk about, about it, it. Yeah. and then something like that would come up, like, oh yeah, I finished this cross stitch that my mom did. Um, Not only, I mean, and just me bringing up this game, just talking about it and allowed you, like, you shared that story with it. You've never shared that story right. with me, and I talk to you all the that, time. That's two weeks in a row we've yeah. brought up, we brought up yeah. my dead mother. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is, like, a really specific example, yeah. you know, the, the cross-stitch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, then now, now I feel like... This game is important. I'm, I'm even happier. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than I thought. Oh, wow. You'd think um, you'd think we were professionals or something. You'd think <laughs> we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, um, and then I did read two comics this week. What? Um, you had time to read yeah. comics? <laughs> I did. I don't know why I started the episode saying like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, I've been I haven't felt well, but but really, uh, I did. I make time. Maybe I read a couple <laughs> of Wonder Woman comics because I went to a signing this weekend. But no. Yeah. <laughs> um, these these are two actually very. Um, they're not mainstream comics at all. Um, Some of those are the so, best kind of comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so no, I'll, I'll get a little personal here. There's, um, I just I had just heard about a comic book that was presented in Puerto Rico. I was born in Puerto Rico, and um, I, I I never really visit. Um, only my mom is there. My mom has no problem coming to visit all of us. <laughs> and uh, I don't really like to go back. Uh, my childhood there wasn't – I didn't enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't like it there. And right now in the news, um, you know, you've probably heard that Puerto Rico is not in a good financial situation. And, and there's lots of, I guess, with the Zika viruses over there now too. That too. Yep. 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 They've got all sorts of cool stuff. Um <laughs> One of the one of the interesting things about Puerto Rico is that you know it's a it's a U.S. territory, so you don't need a passport to to visit it. You don't need a passport to go out. Everybody there is a U.S. citizen, and for decades, you know there there's been talk of you know this. Uh, in Spanish, it was like loosely translated to the exportation of brains. It was like all your most educated people will leave for a better job in the in the U.S. Things like that. But right now, because of the financial situation, it's really really bad, and the the population is dropping at a very fast rate. So they have certain crises like they're running out of doctors because the doctors are leaving, things like that. 
So anyway, so I read this comic. It was called Goodbye for Now. And it's a story of these two girls who um, one of them decides to leave and the other one um, is staying. And it's kind of uh, from the moment that the one friend tells the other, I've decided to go. I got a new job. She goes to Chicago specifically. And her friend is not happy about it. And it shows both perspectives of somebody who is like just wants a better opportunity and feels that, you know, they've tried enough or that that there's nothing there for them and they want to leave, which is very much what my experience was. And then the experience of other people I know who, who um, that's their home and they don't want to go and they're making it work and they don't see, you know, leaving as solving any problems, you know, and and it really doesn't. So um, it was, it was a really good comic book. It was called, uh, what did I say? It's called Goodbye for Now. It's from Soda Pop Comics. And I didn't make an entry for this, but I will. Sure and again, it's a very will. specific thing. <laughs> I will. I will. And it's not a – what's it called? It's not a um, – I mean, it's very specific, right? It's not necessarily a generally relatable thing. But it is It is a very relatable experience, you know, for, for people who, like, are leaving – whether it's home or their town or anything like that, I mean, the context is, is specifically Puerto Rico, but I think, you know, it is relatable um, beyond. And then for me, especially, like, the only reason I heard about it is because it was Puerto Rican comic book creators creating this um, in relation to the situation that's happening now. So that one kind of hit hit home very closely. I think that can be relatable to anybody, even not even just someone leaving another country, but someone leaving their hometown. Um, they yeah. want to get yeah. out of a bad situation or even just one where they feel stagnant. Um, and everybody's yeah. like, why are you leaving? You should stay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, or the opposite. Like for right. me, it was, you know, get out of here, like mm-hmm. get out of here as soon as you can. And if you get a good job in the States, then you've made it, you know, right. that type of thing. Or, you know, in the big city, whatever. And to have a book <laughs> that represents both sides well yeah um, yeah that's what i think was was really good about it because even though i obviously related with one character more i can i see friends and family on the other side mm-hmm. and and it was it got to me it got to you <laughs> it got to me it did it did and along those lines um that book reminded me of another book that i i hadn't read in about two years it was when i got to go to bogota in Colombia, the country, about two years ago to actually talk about geek therapy and and using comic books. Um, I, I gave uh, talks to psychologists, but I also gave talks to at a, at a comic book convention. And I met a, an artist there, and his his book was up for some awards. And the book is called I'm Not From Here. And it's a book about... It's a book about the the situation that many people in Colombia have unfortunately gone through, which is um, essentially being recruited as child soldiers and um, you know forcefully, right? And and then some people actually get out of that, and once they get out of that, what is their life like? And the the guy who wrote it. Um, Awesome guy, super nice. His name is Franco Lora, and he he told me that the it's it's a 
it's a combination of like eight different people who went through similar experiences and he kind of wove their stories into one story of this girl who like her family is threatened and she agrees to go with him uh, with this guy and she's essentially recruited into the militia but then she she's able to to escape um but and then she comes back and her family is um not uh what it was before mm-hmm. you know um because so many things have happened since she was gone and she couldn't live where she used to. Anyway, that's that one's even more like a very very specific uh, example of a very sad story, sad situation. Um, it's fantastic. It's, it's it's actually just a great book. Um, it's sad because it's based on the on truth. Right. He. Um, it's very educational. He does this thing where, in different instances in the book, in the corner, he he puts a different uh, regulation number because there's like this law that they made in order to help like all these things that are put in place uh, legally to help people in this situation. And then he kind of points out in the different situ in different panels where these different regulations apply or where they should apply. And then at the end, he talks about the reality of it just being kind of, they, they want to address it, but it's not really being addressed. Right. So it's very educational. He did it in English and in Spanish. So that's pretty cool. And, um, I'll definitely link to that because it's it's an amazing book. And it just shows, you know, the power of comic books to convey something that other – you know, I mean, it's one of those things where if you read an essay, it's kind of boring maybe. You yeah. Know? And you can get a lot more people to see it, you know, to, to read this comic. It's just a really good comic too. Like he's a really good artist. It always yeah. helps so when the art is. Oh, yeah. Yeah something you can relate like there are books where i'm sure they're great but i just i can't get past the art but it's somebody else will (laughs) like that kind of art and really enjoy the story um but for me being so visual it's uh i don't know like jeff lemire is hard for me sometimes yeah (laughs) um walking dead got really hard for me um, really? The first, like just the black and white stuff? or Not just that. Okay, so there was a different artist on the first trade, the first like arc of the story. And I loved the art style with that. It was, had a little more like soft around the edges and rounded. And then they switched to this really gritty. And <clears throat> I mean, every, and all the guides... All the guys grew beards, and it was hard to tell the difference between people. But <laughs> And I was able to yeah. push through it, and this is why I've been watching this show. So, yeah, um, it's really helpful when there is an artist that, that you appreciate to tell a good oh, story. Um, when I was, I was reading Lumberjanes, I think it's like in the third volume, mm-hmm. Noel Stevenson doesn't draw it. Right. And, oh, that really bugged me because like <laughs> half the charm was – was was this the art style and even though it was it was trying to be that art style it, it wasn't oh it really bugged me i mean the char- like the the writing was still there right mm-hmm. but the but yeah yeah but it's it's true that that can be um can be a deal breaker you know it can, I mean, it can be a deal breaker yeah that's why it's good you know like tell multiple versions of the same story yeah so so that's that's all i've read um i've just read that and then played no man's sky and Overwatch, <laughs> but mostly No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. I've been a little bit of No Man's Sky. Watched quite a bit of the Olympics. Ah, yes. 
Uh, I can geek out on that a lot, though. I like the Olympics. <laughs> so no more studying now. What? Uh, no what, more studying. So do you have I'm, anything on your agenda? Like anything that you want to read from for next week, or anything you're looking forward to checking out? I have a huge stack okay. of comics to read. <laughs> um, I'm probably I'm I need to catch up on um, the new Wonder Woman Rebirth stuff. Which, um, I got, like I mentioned earlier, I got to go to a signing this weekend with um, Greg Rucka, Liam Sharp, and Nicholas Scott. Um, and got a bunch of stuff signed. And it was awesome. Um, really, I need to go to the comic shop and see if I have a new issue there. Uh, of uh, Wonder Woman Year One. Mm. Which definitely has some stuff for entries having to do with... Um, uh, Feeling kind of torn between worlds and and wishing you could, like, feeling lost in your own culture and, like, wanting to leave and, and do something else, but then also wanting to stay connected. Yeah, her origin story is full of that stuff. It's great. Yeah. Um, Very curious to see if they're, how much they're actually changing in, in Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, I really... it changed a lot in New 52. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, but I think the point of this is to kind of... I mean, what they're doing with Rebirth is just getting back to the core of all their characters. And so it's like... They're going to kind of balance things out and decide whether or not the New 52 was really the way it was with her origin story or if it was more the other way or... Um, it just takes one person to say like, well, actually I lied to you. And then that's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I think, I think Greg Rucka will do a good job of um, taking all the previous work into account. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, he's already done a run on Wonder Woman. It's interesting in the trailer for the movie, when they address her father, even the way they say it, I mean, it, they could go either way mm-hmm. because one thing is what they told her, and another thing is what the truth is. And nobody, you know, yeah. she's just saying what she was told. What she knows, yeah. Or what she was told. She was, yeah, yeah. She was there technically, but she doesn't, you know, <laughs> she, she doesn't really she doesn't know what remember. happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is on my reading list? Well, I just want, I just wanted to check in, see if there was anything big or anything kind of coming up that we could uh, schedule. Like to to both check out, but I can't think of anything. When I find out what the comic is for uh, for our book, oh, club, the book club, I will yeah. let you know. Because this time they mentioned they didn't say what it was, but they mentioned it's a silent comic, oh. so no words. That should be interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm still recovering from my surgery, so I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. go lay down. You want to uh, go lay down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go party. I passed my test. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> now I got more work to do because I had to take the day off of work. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, I, I'm not going to work. That's how it works. <laughs> All right. So our calls to action. That's uh, right. Check out our Patreon page if you want to join the team, right? You have multiple options. One is the Patreon page as a way of financially providing support. I'm coming up, I'm, I'm thinking of clever ways to word this. 
Um, I'll talk to you about it later. I think I have a few good ideas, right? So again, so just a couple bucks, uh, even one dollar. I mean, every every little bit helps, and um, and you know, and hopefully you'll feel like you're you're part of the team and you're and you're helping make this happen. The other way is to actually contribute um, with ideas for entries. So you can use the simple form that's in the in every um, podcast episode's notes. It's a very simple type form. You go in, um, it can be anonymous, and you just give us a suggestion, and then we'll check it out and, and help make an entry. And then yes. please help diversify what we put in this thing. Otherwise, it's just what Josue and I <laughs> read, right? Yeah. And, and watch. And yeah. So I don't know. We have a pretty good crossover yet separate kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Ratio. I mean, I, but but I mean, there are a lot of things that like, oh, we're gonna do the same stuff. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna come right out and say it, right? Um, uh, Patrick O'Connor, who made Comicspedia, um, all of the comic books that are there, I, I believe, ninety nine percent, a hundred percent of them are superhero comics, right. and one of the my motivations to do to do this, right? Or our motivation to do this was always, um, there's so much more out there than superhero comics that yes. can be helpful for people. So even even just so considering much more that, more than comics. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, just based on today, you, I believe we have pretty eclectic taste within within the geek, you know, yeah, uh, sphere, whatever that is. But definitely pretty eclectic, and and just you know a little bit of everything. Some Kimmy Schmidt thrown in there every now and then too. Uh, <laughs> I need to. I need to. Watch some more. I'm so close to being <laughs> the oh. so good. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. So, so any any of those ways you want to help, or even just shoot us an email with a suggestion, is always good. Actually, um, I was just thinking that when I went to Colombia, Colombia, one of the like this great suggestion that I got was from this um, guy who was telling me that he was playing Persona. I believe it was Persona Two, uh, mm-hmm. RPG on PlayStation, and it, that while he was playing it, he he realized that the only way that he could get ahead in the game was by building relationships with the people in his school and in the town and that he couldn't get more forward without speaking to people. And he was extremely shy and he took that on as a life lesson and started making an extra effort to speak to people on the streets because he knew that he couldn't do it alone and it, it, it you needed some socializing to kind of move forward. And right. And it was kind of like this super simple insight, but I mean, that game really hit him, you know? And that's a game, uh, Persona games are all about these social ties that you create with these characters around you. And, you know, like something simple like that, I've never forgotten it. I haven't made an entry for it, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, even something like that, so even an email or a tweet is is great. So contact info is at geektherapy.com. And... um, on Twitter, at Geek Therapy. Uh, Lara is at Geek Therapist. I am at Josue A. Cardona. Uh, all that info is on the site. If you, oh, actually, I'm going to plug Headshots. Uh, I do a, a psychology and gaming podcast called Headshots, and I talked all about the like positivity and pro social game design in Overwatch on the last episode. So you can check that out at headshotspodcast.com. I think it's kind of relevant. And 
Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to that episode and then you let me know uh, what you think of Overwatch. <laughs> I don't have any more money for games. I know. I know. I know. Geek, being a geek saying. is expensive. <laughs> it can be. It can be. All right. So that's all I got. You got anything? I got nothing. All right. My well, brain congr- is fried. Congratulations again. And uh, we'll do this again next week. 